0: Hi everybody! Welcome to Amigos. I'm John, and I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Hook. Yeah. But before we get into Hook, Aaron, I know you have a deep and abiding love of Peter Pan. I do.
2: It's funny you should mention that. I didn't know anything about Peter Pan, so I looked stuff up on it today.
0: Um, what do you think about that? D- did you see the movie Peter Pan, like the Disney movie? Uh, long, long ago. Now I'm going to go one back on you. Okay, go okay. ahead. Did you ever see? The televised stage play Peter Pan starring Mary Martin.
2: <clears throat> I did see the televised Peter Pan starring Sandy Duncan.
0: Okay, bam. What well, do you think about that? I, I think that I think the Mary Martin one was was first. I don't know that I saw the Sandy Duncan one. Everyone knows Sandy Duncan. No one is who you are talking about. Who is Sandy Duncan? So you don't Sandy Duncan. Was she, she on the Partridge Family? No, she was just a
2: she was everywhere back in the day seventies. She was known. She was a kind of a sprightly. Manish lady with a, and she had one bad eye. I think I may be thinking about
0: Sandy Duncan.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know. I what remember was the, the girl one bad you eye, mentioned?
0: Mary Martin. I don't know who that is. So explain. Well, Mary Martin was the first person to play Peter Pan on Broadway because Peter Pan has traditionally been played by a woman. Correct.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, and uh I believe they've recently done Peter Pan on like one of these live. Hasn't one of the big networks done it recently? I don't
0: know that they've done that one yet. I know that, they, that this has been a trend that they've been doing on on, on on network TV recently, the live Broadway musical.
2: You know, the best part of research in this game this week was to just cuz I was talking about Buddy at work. I'm like, you know, I've seen the cartoon, you know, I'm familiar with the story, but I don't know Jack Squad about where it came from. Like what mm-hmm. year? I didn't know either. Did you know Could I, Do you know who wrote it? What year the where, where which Peter pan?
0: Yeah. As a J.M. Barry. That's right. Um, did you look at my sheet? Uh, or Did no, you actually no. know that? Uh, now, gonna, what's the JM I, stand for? I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess uh, 1918, but I could be early.
2: Um, the uh, first appearance of Peter Pan was in a book called The Little White Bird. I did not know that. 1902, an wow. adult novel,
0: mm, and the chapters. Eh? Yeah,
2: oh yeah. Well, from what I've been told, Peter Pan did a lot of stuff in the books that wouldn't fly in the in the movie. <laughs>
0: he knows how to crow, if you know what I'm uh, saying.
2: But uh, it was an adult novel, and then chapters thir- the chapters thirteen through eighteen were entitled "Peter Pan and Kensington Gardens," and uh, uh, he also appeared in a set. When that one took off, they he came back in uh, 1906 under the title "Peter Pan and Kensington Gardens" with new illustrations and stuff. And so that's what t- that took off. So it just it got over, and then they just and it, it went. From now there. tell
0: me about your personal history with PP, as we call the it. The
2: double P. Mm-hmm. In my personal history is El Zilcho. Like there was nothing that appealed to me about that the cartoon. Which or,
0: you know, it's funny to me because you are the boy that never grew up. I grew out. <laughs> <laughs> but the I mean, all, all, out. all the stuff that you like to do when you were a kid. You still like to do
2: now. That's true. That's true. Well. Uh, I didn't say the messages didn't that re- that resonate with me, It was just that the, the movie just seemed dumb to me. <laughs> I mean, and, and the cartoon was well drawn. It was Disney. It was beautifully done, beautifully rendered. But it, it just—it wasn't one. It's funny that old Disney animated cartoons. None of there wasn't any that I really got into that much.
0: This was not I wasn't your, a Disney guy. Like the, the
2: first thing I, I saw, like Bedknobs and Broomsticks, and The Rescuers. Well, you
0: sort of came of stuff. age when Disney was at its low ebb.
2: Well, but I mean, they still their stuff was still there. You know. Now I'll say in recent years. Like, I really love uh, Fantasia. It's mm-hmm. a tremendous, probably one of my, oh, yeah. my favorite films in the Disney uh, catalog. But Peter Pan just wasn't one. Just like the Jungle Book. Like it's just, you heard the songs and stuff from it, it just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. It just seemed kind of stupid, too, to me. I don't know. It's, also, the pirates portrayed like a dork. You know? Eh, come you,
0: on. you like your pirates non-dorkish? Listen,
2: you're telling me a pirate can't thump Peter Pan? Peter Pan can fly. He's got a whole crew. Of, yeah, but what's he doing? Tangling with him then and taunting him and stuff. If you know you can't beat him, take your ship and roll, brother. That's true. You know? That's true. The guy can fly. He's got magic. He's got a fairy. You know? Hook's already at a disadvantage. He's missing a hand. That's true. He's got a crew full of idiots. Mm-hmm. You know what are you doing there? He's Go living
0: to, in fear of a crocodile that he could easily just move the ship to a different bay.
2: Plus, you're in Neverland or whatever Never Neverland. You, how much piracy is to be done? Is there a big port trade on Never Neverland? A highly unlikely. Hard one. to know. Is he eating boys? We'll have or to something? wait
0: for the dark, edgy reboot yeah. to reveal. We don't those ever questions. need that.
2: <laughs> we don't ever need that. So it just it never did it for me, to be honest with you. Okay. So, okay. And uh, like I said, I never even knew who wrote it until I looked into well, it. Well, I have
0: my own Peter Pan uh, upbringing. Yeah. And uh, I love Peter Pan. I think Peter Pan's a great story. And my brother, you know how sometimes, and this didn't happen to me, I don't think, but my brother, who's six years younger than me, grew up in the age of the VCR. Every day when he came home from school, he would start the Mary Martin and or Sandy Duncan version of Peter Pan, and he would just watch it every day. He was really into it. eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was when he was in like kindergarten, preschool, something like that. So I watched this over and over and over again, because I would come home from school, it would be on... And so uh, that's what I think about when I think about Peter Pan, and of course the songs. You know, the songs are—they're all they're, I don't know if they're good or not, but I know all the songs. What are the
2: songs? Names of the big ones. Never smile
0: at a crocodile. What, you, get, what, what's the one? big hit? The We're the, off to fight the engines. That's, the en- that's they probably not the wouldn't big sing hit. that one anymore. No, and I don't think it Um You can fly, you can fly, you can fly. Yeah, eh, yeah, yeah. It didn't well, do it for me. I'm you know. Sorry. Um, well, I want to talk a lot more about Peter Pan. Specifically, I want to talk a lot more about Hook. But before we do, Aaron, we need to go over to everythingamiga.com and see what's been going on over at our site, du jour. Well,
2: the, uh, the main man has been... He's actually put up a couple uh, little goodies here. Let's talk about uh, the first offering here. Uh, games coder Steve Howard discusses the real first proper wipeout Amiga title. 20- what does that
0: mean? The real first well, proper?
2: You, I don't know if you listened to Amigos last week. I think it was last week when me and Britt talked about, or maybe me and you when they they yeah, it was me and you. They actually,
0: uh, 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 you know, Wipeout the game. I do know Wipeout right. the game.
2: They uh, do you know
0: Wipeout the game the movie? I don't. Let's I don't hope either. not. Anyway,
2: there was a real like a a uh, much less heralded version of Wipeout that was released. And Dreamcatch actually interviews the guy that uh, that worked on it, Steve Howard. I actually read this article, and it's it's kind of interesting. This is one of those classic, like, uh, you know, when you look at these games with in 2020, and uh, you look back on them, and you're like, "This is crap. This is great. This this programming house was no good. This is crap." You don't you don't really get the big picture. These guys that were journeyman programmers or people that went that fluctuated back and forth between different houses—they were under the gun, or the, they, the these guys demanded that this happen in the game, or mm-hmm. or, or or they had to, they needed this feature. They it's your classic
0: postmortem, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it, I, well, I think that stuff's kind of interesting. I, I love that you stuff. Know?
0: I love that stuff.
2: And so that's basically where we go here. And This is sort of a two-part interview uh, with Steve. Uh, also, if you uh, if you backtrack to the main screen. He's also just put up, put up another one, which I haven't gotten to read this yet, uh, where Steve Howard discusses his work on Terminator 2 and No Escape. Uh, so, Which, I actually, Terminator 2 was pretty good. I, I kind of like that. So, uh, so uh, good stuff. I haven't got to read the second part yet, but it's uh, definitely on my short list. Uh, you know, it's funny. Dreamcatcher often gets uh, these interviews with, with these various programmers and designers. It's kind of neat. He's got a lot of... I think it's just... Uh, I think the way he lands with all this stuff is just straight-up determination, looking them up and oh, yeah. getting into it. He, you know? he,
0: a- he goes off, and, and, and he knows he, he can beat the bushes, as they say in reporting speed. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So I highly
2: recommend checking these out. Also, uh, again, I always pitch it, but Dreamcatch's uh, YouTube channel is always worth a look. Uh, and he's been uh, adding some – like I said, last week he added some Rocky Horror Picture Show stuff, so it's always good for a lot of them.
0: Mm. So
2: it's wacky. Prepare yourself for wackiness,
0: but, but you know how that goes. Well, Aaron, it's been almost a month since our last uh, view of the gamble train. Yeah, we yeah, you're right. So it is pulled back into the station and it is ready for action. It's overloaded. There is Amiga News spilling out the side okay, of the man. gamble train. Let's get into that. All right. Because I would probably miss a lot of this stuff. First thing up, we've got recoil. Uh, recoil is another... Remember last year, there was an Amiga... Uh, or an Atari ST to Amiga conversion. I'm trying to think about what, what the name of the game was. It was a pretty well-known game that they, they got an Amiga conversion from the ST. You okay. don't remember what it was, do you? The
2: one I remember the most was Karotika. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there was another one.
0: Yeah. So this is a game called Recoil. Okay. And this is this is an interesting... Uh, this is this is sort of like Defender. This looks really good. D- imagine if, it, if you've got Defender... But you are attached to the ceiling, and you are basically controlling the entire top part of the, the screen while you're blowing things up and rescuing things with a with a um, with a with a radar below you instead of above you.
2: That's bizarre.
0: Yeah, That's a, what a weird thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Recoil was a pretty big uh, ST game, and we're finally getting an Amiga port from it, so it's pretty cool. So, so
2: this was a huge game on the ST,
0: right? I'm right. I'm dying
2: to hear the the story behind this contraption here.
0: You know, it's funny. The more you think about it, the less sense it makes. Because uh, you you know, not only are you controlling this thing that's attached to the ceiling, but the the entire ceiling seems to be able to move. So I, I don't know how that works. I wonder if
2: the Atari ST had a proper because this is Atari. So I would assume that they would, but I wonder if they had a proper. Actual the of defender on the Atari ST. Yeah, I don't
0: know. You
2: know, I don't know. because clearly this is obviously a uh, uh, very similar, although there's a lot of wacky stuff going on. So yeah, we have to, we have to check this out. Is it? It's say it's out or it's coming. This out? is this
0: is a uh, this is I believe that this is already done. Okay, this it looks, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to check that out. Uh, let's see. Next up. This was huge news when it came out. Everybody knows about it by now, but we still haven't talked about it. Sensible World of Soccer has been released. The Sensible 2020 has been released for both the, Do- or the uh, modern PCs and the Amiga. Uh, Windows, Macintosh, Linux, and the Amiga. Uh, this brings with it all of the new features uh, there is uh, so many cool things that have, have happened in terms of what you can put in, in terms of uh, importing like chants, crowd chants, different textures for the pitch, stuff like that. I know that you're not the biggest Sensi fan in the world, but you even like even you got to you've got to uh, kind of acknowledge the fact that this is this is pretty cool.
2: I love when they take. I like when they update classic sports games with rosters and stuff. But doing actually adding features is double cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for it. And I did like Cincy. I mean, I I think it's a lot of fun. Me and Brent played this a while back too. So it, it's a that's a good game. I I always dug it. It's I mean, we're stinky at it, you know. I, I'm sure there were many people playing this in Ireland. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whole Cincy so. tournament. Was this th- were they actually playing this version?
0: No, I believe that they were playing the SWAS, the original SWAS. But so this has been released on, on the Amiga yeah.
2: and the Modern. Right. Very right. good, yeah. very good. Yeah.
0: yeah, very cool. That's awesome. I love that. Aaron, you can talk about this one. So uh Hacker, um, was available on the Amiga. It was came out on the Amiga, but it has never been cracked until just recently. Or really? never been fully cracked, I guess, with everything completely working. So ScoopX, uh, which is a name from back in the day, and I guess they're still active now, uh, has released a fully working crack of the title Hacker. Now tell me what you remember about the game Hacker.
2: I don't remember a whole lot because my, my buddies had this on their C64s. Mm-hmm. I remember it took us forever just to actually get the game to start. I mean, you have to sort of... It's you have very, to hack into it, huh? Yeah. Uh, but I remember my buddies were super into it, and I, I always thought it was kind of neat. I, you know, a lot of people would look at this and be like, this is garbage. But, you know, again, I, this is someone I love Neuromancer for the exact same reason. I think it's neat to kind of like have a faux, like, internet that you're actually sort of like doing the thing with. And right. I, I think it's kind of neat. So I, I, I might check into this. Cool. That looks that looks like it'd be a lot of fun. It's awesome that yeah. someone, again another game they went back to take care of it. I think that's great. And
0: of course, all of these new games come to us directly from Neil over at Indie Retro News and our boy Saberman.
2: I will say Neil uh, popped in a couple times to your Ireland broadcast, and I actually chatted with him trying to put the cocoa over for to him. By the way, <laughs> uh, and, but uh, he yeah he was in he was in the room and he was checking him out. So uh, he was he's a good guy.
0: Cool, cool. All right, Aaron Tenmark. This is the first of two Tenmark videos we have. Wow, he's hot. Oh, yeah. Tenmark looks great. And he's also <laughs> wow, he pitching, pitching Liberty Mutual Insurance as well. Uh, so, ten, oh my gosh, Tenmark has multiple ads on his app. Listen. Tenmark, he's retiring next year from all the money that he's made <laughs> on YouTube ads. So, Tenmark is actually, he's he's uh, he's chronicling his adventures with the Amiga 2000 and with the, uh, with the New Tech Video toaster, which I didn't realize was available for the 2000, I thought that the to- that the toaster was only for the 4000. You know,
2: I don't know. I, 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 to be honest with you, I never thought about it until you mentioned it just now. But we actually, it's funny because I owned a video toaster briefly. I never ever used it and did anything with it because I didn't know what that was doing. Uh, but uh, as I recall, Neil's plan is to use his Amigas to do all of his video production at wow. some point. So, wow, uh, uh, I'm not terribly surprised. I he did, you mention, mean Doug, not Neil. What did I say? Yeah, Doug. Uh, the uh, uh if you know what you're doing with this, it's still, I mean, it is what it is. And I mean, it still can do stuff. So, I mean, I'll be interested in what he does. Yeah. I, I'll, so, I'll give the guy props. And he's got the patience and the know-how to get this stuff done. It's, we, I can exactly. imagine me and you trying to do this. Tenmark
0: also has a new logo. If you remember, his former logo looked oddly reminiscent of something that I might have done in fifth grade on MS Paint. Oh, man, and you're someone, logo. someone has gone back. And I, I wish I could give this person credit because this thing looks A plus, super awesome, mega. Um, I love it. It's it's the ten mark. If you're if you're just listening to the audio, you've got the Amiga ball with ten mark on the inside sitting on top of an Amiga one thousand. Fantastic. Yeah, love it.
2: You're a big one thousand mark now. I gotcha. I am
0: a mark for the one thousand.
2: We should put two zeros behind his name and it can be you. One thousand, the ten, the one thousand mark. You get it? Ah, ah,
0: fantastic, ah. oh, jokery as always. Oh yeah. The UK Royal Mail, Aaron, yeah, has issued a series of stamps. Uh,
2: yeah, this was the I remember hearing about this last week. It was a uh, this was a big deal, and I think they're officially out now. I think I saw some people actually holding them.
0: Yes, yes, this is a series of video game stamps, many of which, if not most, feature the Amiga uh, versions of these games. Uh, this is, of course, being the UK Royal Mail, they want to highlight uh, contributions to the video game scene from British developers. And uh, they've got them all on here. You got your micro machines with the Codemasters. In fact, it's double Codemasters Love because both Micro Machines and Dizzy are featured on here. Uh, you got Lemmings, Sensible World or Sensible Soccer, Worms, Elite, Populous, and unfortunately. We break the sixteen bit trend because they also have Wipeout, and I believe that they have a whole different set of stamps in addition to this, with the sort of like um, evolution of Tomb Raider. You mm-hmm. don't, we don't. Why do you hate Wipeout so much? That's an awesome game. I'm not, I don't hate it, but I I don't like the fact. Like it just seems it doesn't Damn. fit in. When you look at these screenshots, you've got bunches of pixel art, and then when you throw in a game like Wipeout, which is so far advanced compared to these games. Um, it just—it doesn't feel like it fits in. So
2: here's the ten million dollar question, because I've been pondering this. Okay. Let's say what? Let's say they, for some reason, they call you up mm-hmm. and they say, "Hello, boat. Which of these stamps need to go, and what would you put in?" Now they're Australia for some reason. Which one of these would you boot? I think I know. And what would your addition be? I know what mine would be.
0: Well, I definitely drop micro machines. W- uh, w- right. You would before wipeout. Well, okay. In terms of like what's a fun game. I thought you liked Micro Machine. No. Oh. It's 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 quite possibly the most overrated wow. racing game on the Morant's gonna Namiga. beat you for that. He loves that game. It's horrible because you play the first level and you have a good time, then you play the second level, you can't beat it, and you throw it away. Well, we're not very good. Um I would probably drop now, I, of course, you know, if I was going for 8 and 16 But if I was going for the classics, yeah, I'd drop Wipeout in a second, and I'd put in, I don't know, Advanced Ski Simulator or something. Like, what would you put in?
2: Manic Miner.
0: Man, oh, A yeah. gross oversight for this list. I'd, in fact, I'd that, put in... That's
2: arguably, one, if, that's arguably one of the biggest games ever.
0: I'd put Manic Miner in place of Wipeout, and I'd put Chuck e. Egg in place of... Chuck E. Egg would not be the worst choice. Yeah, in place of Micro Machines.
2: Yeah, uh, Manic Miner... You know, Jet Set Willie, Those games cannot be. It can't be. You overstated. can't overstate the importance. Yeah, man. Yeah. Plus, they're. You know, I like them, mm-hmm. uh, and I will agree with you. It, it is odd that Wipeout was included, and, and to a certain extent, Tomb Raider. But again, they got to sell stamps. And one thing about those two games is that they know people, younger people, are going to be like know what those are.
0: There is some know. connection with the current generation with Wipeout and Tomb Raider, which you're not going to get with any of the rest like, of Like Frankly, games. I'm not a
2: big I, I would keep Micro Machines, and I'm not the biggest fan of Populous, as you know, so that would probably be one of Yeah, I but would, that's
0: Peter Molyneux. I, you know, yeah, it's, well, it's, I mean, yes it is. It's, <laughs> you know, it, it, that that is a, it's the first in a series of, you know, uh, of landmark titles. Micro Machines really started and ended with Micro Machines. There's nothing that it was part of other than the fact that it was connected to an American little car set. What need to have. You need to have all the shadow of
2: the beast. Yeah, Walker.
0: Yep. Right. You got to have him. blood money. Blood money. Menace. And, and and then you throw in you throw in as a nod to the to the Germans living in Britain. Lionheart.
2: I wasn't going to mention Lionheart because of its non-British <laughs> roots, but yes, I think Lionheart should be in there. That's just me. We should do one of these for every country. Like we some, should next week we'll do one for Germany and we'll do one for like Sweden. We you know that'd be that'd be fun. We go through yeah. them all. Tons
0: of Swedish Amiga games. There are. This is something that I wanted to show to you, Aaron, because I know that your uh, CD ribbon for your CD32 is looking a little ragged. No, it's not. Uh, it's this the bu- is the
2: board, it looks ragged. This is a
0: DIY replacement yeah. CD ribbon for the CD32. Okay. Oh, yeah? Yeah. i got to see this. So you can actually do this yourself. You get yourself one of these cables, yeah. right? You kind of spin it around in your hands a couple times. Yeah. And then you just apply a couple pieces of cello tape, Uh, You take yourself one of these little uh, screwdrivers that you find in your eyeglass repair kit. Yeah. And you delicately make small incisions upon it. Yeah. And then after you do that for a couple times, you just slot it back in the CD32. Boom. Bob's your uncle. You have a completely functional DIY CD ribbon for the CD32.
2: I will say that ribbon is no big great shakes. We used to... We used to have a lot of ribbons like that when I worked for IBM for our te- our uh, GenRad testers, mm. and they used to generate these things all the time. It's not that tough. Yeah. What I'd like to see. You want to hear my gimmick here? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what's the problem with these? See, see what he did right there. What a backup a minute here. Hold okay. the phone. Okay. What's that? Now, see, that's exactly what I was going to say. Look what he's got there. He's got a. Uh, he's got a. Uh, uh, he's got an SD card. See, now, what is going on here?
0: So he's not he's even using those, the CD drive? He's at got all one
2: him. of those uh, CD32 like terrible fire things or whatever stuck in it.
0: Terrible fire.
2: Or what, what did I say? That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's cool. Now, that's what you need right there. If I knew that I could put one of those in mine, I would probably get one because they're, so they're inexpensive. You
0: too. wouldn't feel uncomfortable creating a DIY replacement CD ribbon for your CD I
2: would rather have compact flash and never use See, the problem with these CD units. And again, I look at the Dreamcast as a perfect example, and they've done the exact same thing. These... I mean, and it, Here we go. It, 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 the purist in me is like, oh, whine, whine, whine. But these CD-ROMs are going to die, horribly. They're, it's inevitable, right? And all your discs are going to be crap, mm. inevitably. You need a digital replacement. Right. And the that particular card is a good choice. Uh, in terms of that cabling, no, they not that tough to do. You wouldn't have any trouble. If you were, like, I, I remember when I had my Tron arcade machine, that thing had cables that were, they were super wide and super ancient and just turned into dust. You know, those are much bigger and weirder, That'd be a little bit more difficult, but a little cable like that wouldn't be that big a deal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. He did a good job.
0: Well, this comes to us from CRG, and this just popped up on my YouTube. You know, I do random Amiga searches to see what's new and happening in the scene. I'm
2: gonna check him out, and I, you know, I am gonna look back into the, getting my CD32 upgraded. The more I think it's about it, it's a shame I, that
0: you use it as little as you do.
2: Well, I mean, it's not. I mean. It's funny, I wanted that thing so bad. Yeah, when I, I got, remember when you got it. When I got the 1200, it, it for the most part, it makes the CD32 pointless. That's Don't a, tell Figgy that, well, I'm, they'll I, kill you. If you've got one or the other, you're set, really. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I mean, I'm not bad-mouthing it. It's a great time to Less own Less
0: units sold worldwide than the Atari Jaguar.
2: Well, pff, big deal. The Jag sold okay, it, didn't, it wasn't complete crap. <laughs>
0: Um, We do have a new episode of the Amiga Ireland podcast that has been released. Uh, I was thinking that I was going to pass this along to you guys before the show, just in case you wanted to do a news segment. But um, they cover all the latest news, including... The A122 Limited Edition uh, on sale. This is the uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this more. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and open that. Because yeah, I don't up even up know what the, I, I
2: didn't get to hear anything about hardware from this show. Okay. And I know Ravi mentioned it and even put pictures up, but he didn't explain what they were. Well,
0: we're going to, we're going to get that in just okay. A second. But Beautiful. there is there is a new uh, episode of the Amiga Ireland podcast. If you want your Amiga news delivered to you in a, an Irish accent, in a gentle Irish accent, I would recommend you check that out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now. This next video, Aaron, comes to us from Reddit. Have you heard of Reddit? Before? I've heard. I've been there a couple of times. Okay. I, for someone that doesn't like cussing, you're going to the wrong part. I down. know. I know. Now it's funny because this Ooh. is this is a uh, a video that I discovered. This is somebody who has created a CD32 arcade stick for his Amiga. Okay. Okay. Now imagine my surprise when I walk into Amiga Ireland. Yeah. And I see this guy and I see this stick in action in person. So, this guy did not do what people like me would do, which is to take an already existing box and create a, uh, a stick around it. No. He, he he cut this thing CNC machine. He had the CAD files and everything. He did everything. And then at the end of it, check this out. He totally adapts the mouse for the CD32. That's a trackball. Yeah, with the trackball. And then he puts the Amiga stickers on it. Bam. Nice. Okay. I'm, now,
2: I, without seeing what he did to interface this, I'm going to take a guess. There's there's several ways he could have done it. First of all, the Amiga CD32 does support enough buttons to make this work. I don't have any games that actually support all these buttons. There's, I mean, I'm sure there's some. If he has uh, the interface card in there that gives you uh, uh, a uh, a mouse port and a, 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 a keyboard port, you know, where of course it already has the way to hit the. So I'm guessing some of these buttons. What did, does he say what he used for an interface? Did you get? The, did you see the inside of it when you were there?
0: You know, I didn't. I didn't peek on the inside. Um, if it's we, a pretty
2: looking board. I mean, he did a great job. This is woodworking, not my. Yeah, bag. you
0: can you can see that he's got the interface boards here wired up, but I don't I don't know what those are exactly. So I'll have, I'll these make, these might even be custom jobs. You never know.
2: I doubt it. There's no reason to do a custom. job. I'll have to look into this. Yeah, I actually thought about doing this when I first got CD32 something like this, putting an arcade machine, but. It, the the C thirty two wasn't what I would call the prime candidate for yeah. that at the time. Yeah. But hey, it looks great. And plus, he had a he was a man on a mission. Right. He was going and that, and I love
0: that. You know that that's Alien looks great. Yeah, yeah. His name is Glenn. Yeah. I had a chance to speak with him briefly to be Ireland and uh, and definitely check out his video. His the name of his channel is C. Oh, this is. CRG, Did we talk about... CRG, that was the other channel that we did too. So Man. This hey, guy's been... Is this guy Irish or is he out of... Where's he out I of? believe that he is British. Okay. But I could be wrong. I've I been talking about accents before.
2: Man, this guy's tearing it up then. Yeah. He'll definitely yeah. have
0: to add that to the list. Absolutely. All right. And our final story of this week is the, uh, at Amiga, Ireland. Big soap. Yeah, big soap. Uh, our boy, Tin Mark... Did an interview live with Trevor Dickinson from the main stage at Amiga Ireland. So uh, if I can sort of set the stage with this, uh, Trevor was actually sitting at the uh, the exact same place that I was for a lot of the time at Amiga Ireland, right in front of the main screen. yeah, um and uh, and Doug actually interviewed him. Uh, on the, uh, you know, live from the show floor as it were him sitting back in, in his home. And, uh, and he was answering questions about the new Amigas that uh, Trevor has been putting out, including the A122. Uh, the A122 is sort of the budget version of the X1000 and the X5000 line, which has recently come out. And, uh, and uh, this, is, this is sort of the low-cost new Amiga. Uh, I believe that this is going to sell for around 500 bucks. Hmm, that and is low. Yeah. Okay. And I was wondering what yeah. low cost really meant. Yeah. And, um, and so Trevor answers all kinds of questions. This commanded the attention of a lot of people on the show floor. Uh, I didn't get to see this because uh, there was actually a workshop scheduled against it. I yeah. believe that I was in there with Pixel Vixen during her workshop, while this was going on, but I sort of heard it, um, you know, peripherally. And uh, they had some audio problems at the beginning, but yeah. you know, skip ahead about ten or twenty minutes, and and they jump right into it. And it's it's a very good interview. It runs so, for a while, yeah.
2: yeah, almost an hour. I wish you'd gotten that much time. Oh, been with, great with Dave. We'll um, talk about yeah. that on the Amiga. I, I, I watched some of this, but I was having some real trouble hearing what was going on mm-hmm. with with this. And really, beginning your view, there were some sound issues as yeah. well. It got yeah. better. Uh but that seemed like that seemed like they had a lot of sound issues at the event little mm. on and off. So you know better than me. We can talk about that later. But yeah, good stuff. Uh you know uh Trevor was ended up being up there twice, right? Didn't he come back oh, yeah. in the main event?
0: Yeah, hey, Trevor, Trevor and Dave Pleasant sort of were a constant presence during during the event, you know, going up and down on stage talking about various endeavors that they're yeah. working on. So always glad to see them over in Athlone. And uh, make sure you check out uh, Ten Minute Meager Retrocast for uh, for this interview and all the other awesome content that Doug puts out.
2: Does Doug have a new haircut, or is it just the ear, the
0: headphones? I, he almost looks like he's going for a Clint look. Is that what? That's what I think. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all have YouTube stars that we emulate. You know, I emulate Boris Karloff, and he emulates Clint. I'm going for Kojak. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who loves you, baby? I don't know who Kojak really Uh, is. I knew it. I knew it.
2: Just move on. He's like Columbo, right? No, he's nothing like Columbo. Columbo was a great, but geeky little, like, nothing happening, unkept loser looking guy. Kojak was dressed to the nines, shaved bald with a
0: lollipop. He was a detective. I get Kojak mixed up with, who's the guy that throws the fireballs? (laughs) That's it, Proud. I have no idea what you're talking about. um, He's a guy that throws fireballs and He's Russian. I don't know who you're Car- talking about. Karlov? This is an arcade Karnov. game.
2: Karnov. Karnov doesn't look anything like Kojak. He's got a big old mustache. Really? Yeah. Because in my
0: mind, they sort of... I thought one he was based off the other. by the way.
2: Oh. Yeah. But they, they don't have any connection in no. real life. Though, no, no, right? no, no. No, no. Absolutely not. I okay. believe I believe Telly Savalas is... Is he Sicilian, perhaps? Something like that? Where was Karnov from? Russia. Yeah, Russian, I that think. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm, yeah.
0: yeah. That's going to do it for this week's Amiga News, Aaron. I think it's about time that we dive right into this week's main event,
2: Hook. I give you the hook after that last comment. What an idiot. So, let's talk about this wacky game, Hook. Now, before we even get to the game, uh, have you seen the film this is based on? We Obviously, we talked about Peter Pan earlier. This is sort of a wacky, uh, like a uh, secondary tale to Peter Pan. Have you seen this film? I've seen this film. You I've have. seen it
0: all the way through. Now
2: I have not, but I've, I know the plot. When I had to read up on it, and watch some trailers. But just for people at home, why don't you give them the give them the short version? Okay.
0: So this is a this is sort of a um, retelling of the latter days of Peter Pan. So uh, Peter Pan has grown up. And become a very successful businessman with a family. And how'd that happen? Since he was a boy that would never age. Well, he came back to he came back to visit Wendy, and on the last time he just stayed. Okay. He just stayed, and um and he he grows up and he's in his mid thirties and he's got a uh, he's got a family. He no longer remembers anything about being Peter Pan. Uh, for reasons that I don't believe are ever entirely explained, Captain Hook magically transports to London and captures uh Peter's kids. Yeah. So then Tinkerbell um captures Peter Pan and brings him back to Never Neverland carrying him on a blanket. I believe she's hotly played by Julia Roberts. She is. Yeah. Hotly played. There's
2: a there's a sort of a uh there's sort of a tradition that Tinkerbell is this, Slinky, leggy, hot fairy. That's a tradition I like to keep. Well, man, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying there it is.
0: Yeah. Disney started that, by the way. Good move. Um, So anyway, Peter Pan has, or he's known as Peter Banning uh, in his adult form. He comes back and he has to sort of relearn uh, all the things that Peter Pan does. And of course, at first, he's very against this. He just wants to get his kids back. But slowly, this is this is sort of a thing where he, he becomes reacquainted with the Lost Boys, some of whom have have grown old in Neverland at this point, which is a little bit weird. And there's a new Peter Pan guy whose name is Rufio, Who's sort of like a pseudo Pan, and there's some there's some tension between him and Robin Williams. By the way, who who is this is an all star cast. Julia Roberts is Tinkerbell, Bell, uh, Robin Williams is Peter Pan, uh, Shelley Duvall is Hook. Um, what? And there's Shelley Duvall is not Hook. Who's Hook? It's Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Right.
2: Wow. Okay. (laughs) That would have made the movie. For once, they have a man play Peter Pan and a woman play Hook. That's what I meant. He was the guy in The Graduate. Wasn't Shelly involved the woman in The Graduate? Uh, She was the woman in The Shining, which you haven't seen. She also played Olive Oil.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, uh, it's a great great cast. Hoskins
2: is in there as well.
0: Really? Yeah. I think he plays a police officer or something. I don't know. But, anyway, um, Peter Pan uh slowly remembers how to be peter Pan he relearns how to fly he relearns how to crow he relearns how to talk trash with like seventh grade bathroom language and um and then at the end uh he defeats hook uh and hook is uh eaten by the crocodile uh that is a stuffed crocodile in the center of the- How
2: does that happen
0: it 's a weird thing that is never fully explained
2: okay uh, that that that's weird so mm-hmm. There you go. And I looked into this just to see how the movie did well. Because I remember when this movie came out, I thought to myself, this looks like a dud. Really? Yeah.
0: Because I, well, okay, first of all, I was very young and you were very old. When I was very old. Out. It came out in 91. Yeah. So how old were you? I was only two years out of high school. Okay. So you were 21 years old. I think that's kind of out of the age range so, that Hook was 20, looking 20 years for. Old. Okay? Go ahead. Okay. I was 10 years old, which okay. was right in their wheelhouse. And here's the thing. I love re. Or, this is a PG film. I love stories that sort of tell a story that's already familiar in a different way. Uh-huh. I think that's really cool, and the the fact that it... and you you knew the plot coming out of it. I mean, nobody thought, oh, who's this guy? Everybody knew it was Peter Pan from the get go. But it was like, I thought this was a really sweet movie. I thought that the the, the fact that you know Peter Pan relearns how to be Peter Pan. And um, and it was delightful. It was a Spielberg-directed film. You know, he doesn't do any crap. Oh, yeah, he does.
1: What?
2: If this. No! I read interviews about this where he said he was uneasy about the script. He didn't think the middle held up very well. He thought this was one of his more disappointing films.
0: Really? And the box office also shows. I'm not surprised this was not a box office.
2: This thing. had a $70 million budget. This is 91, mind you. Now, mm-hmm. it returned $300 million Okay, so this world... was a box office hit. What well, can I finish? It returned $300 million worldwide, but after costs... All the other crap that went down, they said it it, it almost broke even out of three hundred million. Yeah, was, where did all was, that other money go? Day. Hey, listen, I'm not a studio guy. I'm just telling you what the what the wiki said. I don't believe that wiki lies. No, not in this case. Uh, and also, uh, like I said, Spielberg said it wasn't. He is not. He's not happy with it. So there you go. He wasn't a big fan of his own movie. Now again, I haven't seen the whole thing. I could I watched about the first fifteen minutes. I was like, now
0: I've not seen. I've seen this movie once. Yeah. But it's amazing, again, just like The Simpsons, how much you retain after seeing a movie once. And I think that we've become... Do you think... This is beyond the realm of the show. Yeah. What's new? This is something that I ponder (laughs) Uh -uh. as I lay awake at night. Okay. Do you think the fact that we're able to have infinite rewatchability with everything that we watch now, we have told our brains not to remember as much than when we were kids... And we would watch a movie and we would know that we would never see this movie again.
2: Here's the answer. I'm holding up my cell phone. People, and it's not just the cell phone, people don't pay attention to anything. They don't pay attention when they drive. They don't pay attention when they talk to one another. They don't pay attention to what they eat. They don't pay attention to what they watch or hear. They just don't, including me. Now, I also just have faculties that are failing, so that doesn't help. People, nothing hates, I hate more than I'm watching a show and someone's and or somebody I want them to see it or they want me to see it and then they don't watch it. They're, they're pulling out their phone. Mm. It's like, what are we doing this for? Mm-hmm. You know, people don't pay attention. So I think you're 100% correct, frankly. Uh, I, I uh, think people paid closer attention. I mean, 91 was late in the game. When the original a few Star Wars came out, like, there was no way to watch this at home for years, right. and even after the VCR had became pretty much prominent in your house, you couldn't get a copy. Mm-hmm. It was like eight, seventy, eighty bucks mm-hmm. for the longest time. They weren't released. I mean, and that was not that unusual. So yeah, it's a different world now where you have instant. Plus, there was less to, to watch, to be honest with you, uh, and there, so there was also that aspect. So I do agree. I think I think you have a point there uh, with that. Uh, so and this one stuck with you. And hey as a kid, hey, you know, we all have our guilty pleasures. I don't to tell you I'm not gonna sit here and kill the movie. I haven't seen it all, but it didn't do anything for me when I watched it twenty years ago. Sure. You know, I was I was an idiot. So anyway, let's flash forward to the game and let me know how the movie did. Um <laughs> someone just said, I'm driving now. There you go. You're part <laughs> of the problem, retro Jerry. So anyway <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, This came out in ninety two. So this was out uh, a year after the the
0: film. So you were twenty one uh, when, when this game came out
2: yeah when that when this game came out Yeah, that's what i'm talking about uh this came on four big discs, which seems about i mean there's a pretty expansive intro yeah uh of course this is a uh uh this is your graphic adventure type deal mm-hmm. uh so there's only one player uh this was released uh by uh this was published by ocean of course. And they don't have a developer list, but I do know who worked on this. So it was the uh, coder was a guy named Bobby Earl. Uh, now listen, <laughs> we've got to try at least one of these games. He was responsible for a game called Flip It and Magnos, Oh, Water Carriers from Mars. And these Total are recall.
0: Okay, well we skipped that one, but the it, the first two, yes, all these guys I'm have, all in.
2: So the graphics were done by Don Drake, responsible for Batman and Wizard Wars. W-A-R-Z. Mm. See, there's another one. Uh, Jack Wickerly, Wickerly, who did Elf, Gold of the Aztecs, and Jurassic Park. You see, there's a they've all done some movie game. Uh, Kevin Oxlan, who did Anarchy, Orc, and Spellbound. And the music was done, and the music in this is, I'd say, is probably the high point of the game for me. It was done by Dean Evans. Uh, Dean Evans was responsible for a ton of movie game sound uh, like game soundtracks. Jurassic Park, Lethal Weapon. He did One Step Beyond. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did uh, T, uh, T2 as mm-hmm. well. Uh, also, uh, worked on this was a guy named uh, Keith Tinman. He did, listen to this lineup Batman, Hudson Hawk. He, he did Robocop, the all untouchables. The, all the
0: movie license yeah. games.
2: Well, Ocean. You got to think of the licensing king. Mm-hmm. They were like, here, do this, do that. Um, this had an Atari ST release and a DOS release. I did read somewhere, I think I wrote it down, yeah here it is. This was one of the first smooth scrolling adventure games on the PC. Uh, It used a 256 color tweaked VGA mode. Uh, and all the in game art came from the Amiga version. So They basically up up the art colors with you know from the thirty two to two hundred and fifty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of weird. So they I mean, VGA ised it. Yeah, I'm assuming I, from everything I could tell, the Amiga was the was the source of all the other versions. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, and and this has the D paint look. I, I, you could tell. I mean, it's great. It looks great. So uh, this game picks up with an elaborate opening uh, sequence. Uh with exactly as you described. It shows Robin coming home. It uh, it shows the uh, twi- uh Tinkerbell showing up, telling him his kids have been kidnapped, he has the, they, the blanket takes him mm. to the you know, the whole nine yards. It's real nice, isn't it? What what did you think of the
0: opening? The opening, I mean and the music too. This game in general does a great job, probably arguably inarguably. Mm-hmm. This this is does a better job of portraying the plot of the movie than I think any game I've ever played on any system ever.
2: Well, I mean it it's it, they did a good job. I I didn't see the movie and from watching the opening I knew what I was supposed to do and right. where I was at. Yeah. So I'll give I'll give the game credit. And again, the opening score it really kicks off with a nice orchestral sort of thing. It's mm-hmm. real they did a great job. I'm assuming this music's from the movie that they just kind of made in. Into- I don't
0: know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not as familiar with the soundtrack, the original soundtrack of Hook. But the music in this game is amazing. So, let's talk about the game.
2: So, uh, again, you play Peter, uh, you know, sort of Peter Pan, who is going around. Now, I can't, when, once you get to this land, you're sort of on your own. I had no idea what I was doing, mm-hmm. as usual. So, I spent a couple of hours... Lunge, like lumbering around this pirate village. Uh, of course, the obvious comparisons are going to be your monkey Islands. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no getting away. right uh, the, the uh, I will say the graphics I would say aren't as good as Monkey Island. the comedy. I mean, I don't think this compares favorably to Monkey Island, but it's not crap Well you know, it's you just know you're comparing I, it against one of the all-time
0: greats. yeah the, I, I, I sat here and you know I watched the, the full playthrough of this game. And this is not really a funny game. It's not like Monkey Island. It's not a humorous game. What this game is trying to do is it's trying to portray the movie in video game form. Because this movie is not like a ha-ha funny movie. Right, right. You know? But, I mean, they, they put a lot of humor in it. I do mean, you think was... so?
2: Yeah, I thought they were... Was... Give me an example
0: of humor well, I mean, in this when game. When I
2: say humor, I mean, it's just like the, the way people talked and the the, the the scenes. They're not... It's not, like, made to be realistic. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's 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 not as funny. It's not made to be comedy like Monkey Island. It's somewhere in the middle. Okay. You know, uh, the the uh, the interface is interesting. The, I, you've got a... it's it, The interface takes up probably Listen, a third of the screen.
1: This is, to me,
0: this is the, both the strength and the weakness of this game. Okay, I want to hear this. Okay. I want to hear your thought on this. Okay, so this is... They, they've they chosen a different tack. Uh-huh. Then, obviously, this is not a scum engine game. No. You've got Spyglass... Bad breath, drop it down, sack bag, into my hand, out of your hand. Okay? That's what I call them. Uh Uh-huh. Okay? So you you have dumb nicknames for what they do. Yeah. All right. Okay? Spyglass is search. Yep. Bad breath is talk. Yep. Out of my hand is give. Sack bag, inventory, into my hands, out of my hands means you give it to somebody else. Well, sack bag sort of means like use item, basically. Mm. Now- Underneath that, you've got a list of all the stuff you carry.
2: Right. As far as I know, was there a limit to what you could carry? Because I no. can't pick the crap up.
0: Bag of holding.
2: Yeah. Now, uh, but b- the funny thing about this is there are two pictures on either side of the screen. Yes. One is Captain Hook, and one is uh, 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 is Robin Williams. It looks more like Harry Potter if he was thrust in the chaos engine. He's yeah. got those in like, the goggles. <laughs>
0: it's very good. Yeah. It's a very apt comparison.
2: <laughs> and, and, uh, and what's funny is when you do something good, like Hook...
0: It hooks me. He hates it gets it. mad. Yeah. He goes, Burr. I love that. I love that part. It's very pro wrestling, That's you what know? you know.
2: Yeah, it'd be cool <laughs> if you had a little promo yeah. on it. But you, so you know you've done something right if he gets angry. <laughs> right, Because right. most of the time he just sits down there with the, completely immoving. None mm. of the guys move. Uh, so uh, what do you do in this game? Well, good question. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I had a lot of luck. I did watch, after I gave up, I did watch someone more competent stagger through, but they had trouble too because I didn't want to see the... Complete solution. So I just watched somebody try to play it. Um, you you basically walk around this town. It's your classic game of this type. Pick this up, take this there. Try to figure out what stuff does. Hunt around the screen for picking stuff up. You can pick up a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. You're picking up, and there. If you go to bars, you go to docks, you go to ships, you go to alleys, you know, stores. You know stuff like that. The first thing I noticed is that you need money, and one of the first hints I got was was to take this guy and go sell some your gold teeth to this guy and get some instant cash. And you, uh, you know, I also got to a bit where like I don't know if you, I don't know how far you got
0: in. Did you get to the point where you can
2: get the grappling hook and swing across the street? So
0: this was probably the main problem that I had with this game. Yeah, is that when when you try and do something and the guy says I can't do that, then you think okay I can't do that. But this is not the case in this game. In this game, you're like, I can't do that, and then you have to do it again. He's like, I really don't want to do that, and then the third time you ask him to swing, he, then he swings. Yeah,
2: and the only that would have frustrated that. me to death. The only reason I knew about that is because I read it. I, I read, I read the. I had a, I got a. In fact, I've got it right here. Actually, you can see I, I printed it out. <laughs> see mm-hmm, the thing right here. Mm-hmm. It's th- this game's actually. If you play right through, it, it's not very long—thirty-five minutes. But if you're a dumb guy, you could spend—trust me on this—you could spend days. It's just mm-hmm. like any of these other games that that I play. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say the puzzles were more or less clever. Or anything. I will say
0: that the 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 GUI gets in your way because it does not highlight items that you can pick up. And a lot of the scum engine games, when you when you hover over an item, it'll either light up or it, like it'll show up. It'll like the the text will change or something. Yeah. In this game, you're totally on your own, and that makes things difficult. That was one yeah. part. There's a part where you had to pick
2: this like basic the thing you use for a gravel, looks like like that little anchor. Mm-hmm. And to get that, you could barely see it. Right. I, I didn't. I didn't see it, and I, again, I had to look at the little dock to tell me what was how to do it. Uh, something else you're going to notice is that uh, t- uh, Tinkerbell it hovers around you at all times. It reminded me of the Wii. If you ever played the the Legend of Zelda game on the Wii, where the little fairies always near you, because you know that. But it's well, I guess what I'm saying is it's annoying. Right. I didn't I didn't necessarily need Tinkerbell. I mean, listen, if you're a magical fairy, you're gonna hang around with me. Throw, do something. Listen, you know?
0: it's like when Terry Funk fought Jim Cornette in the empty arena. Sometimes it's Jerry for pride. Lawler. Well, no, it's nothing like that. It's,
2: sometimes it's annoying, but I guess maybe that happened in the movie. Do you remember if Tinkerbell hung around with him yeah, the whole time? Yeah, it's always hanging around. Okay, there you go. I wish you could move uh, with the arrow keys as opposed to just having to push them where you want to go because this game would work perfectly well if you could move with the arrow keys. You know, if, if that way you could have the mount. But you don't have to do it, but I, I kind of like to move with the arrow keys. That's just the way I am. Uh, so, but there's there you go. Same thing with Diablo. It's my other problem I have with that <laughs> game. I don't like to use the mouse to move around, but I don't have to. Um, the uh, the sound is good. Uh, the uh, The graphics are pretty good. I mean, I, they're the, not the best I've ever seen, but they look pretty good. I think they do a pretty good job. They convey what's going on uh, pretty well. Uh, but it, it, again, having I, I watched the whole game through after I played it for about two and a half, three hours. Right? So I felt like I give it a good try. I will say. You know me, I like the less-is-more approach to a a UI, and I appreciated the fact that there wasn't a whole lot you had to keep track of. I don't like keeping track of inventory on these things, and I also don't like having a bunch of crazy commands. This gives you a limited amount of commands. It took me a a while to figure out exactly how to... Like at one point, you had to put rope on the grappling hook. I didn't exactly know how to do that. And I didn't exactly know how to throw the grappling hook. I didn't know exactly how to... Give someone stuff. She sort of—it's just like anything else. you had to sort of learn, mm-hmm. but I picked—I picked it up, uh, you know, pr- pretty easily. It wasn't that tough. Um, uh, in terms of uh, how fun was it, you know, I probably this is not necessarily my bag, as you know. So I didn't have—I didn't have any more or less fun with it. Than I had in most of these other games. I, I thought it was okay. I, I'm not real keen on having the huge portraits on it. I think they wasted some screen space because you could have easily had that inventory collapsible, and then taken up about a third less. About a, you know, you have at least another extra, you know, one sixth of screen. Right. But I mean, it's not a deal breaker. It's not the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think the puzzles that I figured out on my own were super tough. I mean, what was your assessment? You're well, into these games you know, a lot more than
0: I am. The first thing that you do in this game is you go visit this doctor. Yeah. Okay. And he's got this dripping bone saw with blood on it. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you, this was not from the movie Hook. Was there was, no, there he was, wasn't there, in there? There was no wacky doctor with a with a bone saw in it. Uh, I thought that the you know the puzzles were fair. I had less problem with the puzzles than I did, just like figuring out, because you're clicking on everything, because you don't have any sort of highlight ability here, uh, you're clicking on everything, trying to pick up everything.
2: Yep, you do pick up everything. Yeah,
0: um, and and but you know, I think that on the scale of um, adventure game puzzles, especially from 92, because we're getting sort of late in the game with these, uh, I think that things were fair. Um, my biggest problem with this game is that the graphics are very sort of um, I don't know uneven. Some things are just represented beautifully, and some things like your dude Robin Williams, he has one of the dorkiest walks I've I, seen. You know, I was you hoping. Know, you, I'm glad life. you
2: mentioned that. He watching him walk around. Yeah. It, I mean, you're like you ever you were seen that game. It's a it for the consoles. I think it's called Eric the Uneasy or something like that. He's like it's been a dork. That's sort on of an adventure. And its he looks like he's so an, abrasively annoying to look at mm-hmm. that you're just like, oh, I just want this guy to die. Right. This guy isn't that bad, but he's hes heading that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he does walk like a complete doofus. Yeah. I, you know, I don't have as much of a problem as <laughs> you do with the, uh, with the portraits at the bottom of the screen because I think that... Anytime you have an adventure game, you're always going to only have like the top third of the screen visible, and everything else is going to be, you know, on the bottom of the screen. And I like the fact that whenever you do something good, Hook gets mad. I mean, that's well, it's it's
1: a, it's, a, it's a cute
0: touch. It's a gimmick, you know? as, far it's, as far as I'm concerned. It is a gimmick, but gimmicks are what you need to set yourself apart from the others on this game and these kinds of games. Um, this game is presented. Like more like a LucasArts game than a Sierra game in the fact that you cannot die in this game. You can't really ever mess yourself up to the point where you can't go on. You have to restore. I I like that a lot. Um, The biggest fault that I think this game has is that it intersperses the background music way too much. Like you, when you are walking around the docks in the opening pirate town, you get nothing but just like the sounds of the sea, ninety-eight point one, and and all. And but whenever you go into the the um, the like the whenever you meet the Lost Boys, there are these themes that come in the, these musical themes that are just beautiful. And I didn't see these until I started watching the Let's Play, and I was I was I was flabbergasted. This is some of the most effective music I've ever seen in an Amiga game. When you are when you are Peter and you are remembering how to fly and you remember your happy memory, there is this swelling that happens. That is a great and scene. It, yeah. And it's 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 so affecting. And I don't know that I've ever seen an Amiga game that does it so well. And it's such a shame because there are so few people that probably saw it because they got frustrated <laughs> earlier in the game or whatever. But I just wish that they would have just you know share the love you know give me give me a jaunty pirate tune in the pirate town you know don't give me just you know the ocean waves and things like that this is i'm not going to lie to you this is probably you know my favorite music in any game that we've done this is episode 234 i you know this takes all of the things that I watch, and we'll talk about this in the Amiga Ireland bonus episode, but we watched a guy do a, a seminar on Pro Tracker, and this was like the opposite of all of that awful Euro dance track. There we go. This was so symphonic and so emotional and so beautiful, and I wanted it to go on, and it does. But the problem is is that you just don't get any of that in the early game.
2: Well, the the music in this, it's it's... Uh, it reminds me of some of the uh, Lucas. It, it it comes in at pivotal points. Like there's there's music before that Lost Boys part. There's other. It, it comes in into kind of like when you when you first meet Hook, you get some. You get a little. You go bam bam bam
1: bam. Well, i it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's good. It's good though. Uh,
2: I, I do. I will say there's a there's a again not seeing the film. Uh, there's a moment when uh, and I, when I was watching this that uh, uh, when Peter actually finds out who he is and they there's like a flashback scene and the music comes in and then he starts to f- rise up in the air. It was very it
0: was very yeah. stirring. And here's say. the thing, you don't have to watch the film because this gives you every single plot point. I mean, it's fantastic. This is the best adaptation of a video game or of a movie I've ever seen in a video game. In terms of conveying the plot, this does it better than any other one.
2: Well, I I haven't seen uh, we haven't seen we haven't played a ton of movie
0: games. We played a ton of movie games. Well, I
2: mean, there's plenty more out there, I guess what I'm you, saying.
0: Do you think Hudson Hawk is going to give you a better uh, you glimpse and seen that either, mind. To be honest
2: with you so I have to put it on the list uh but I think i i this is okay i, I know, I'll tell you this uh, I think this is a game that people would see those m- scenes, and I think, it, think people could get there mm-hmm. I think if, given uh uh if I had the gumption and this was my bag, I could have probably gotten at least to the to the uh you know island. it wasn't that tough. I was about halfway there when i when I gave up uh but i do like the music i again i i liked what it came in i think part of the reason that it had such a good effect is that they did use sparingly. Mm-hmm. but i mean having something kick it around wouldn't be the worst idea uh but it's okay like i said i, I i'm not going to give this game some kind of ringing endorsement but i think it's it's they i mean for a movie adaptation it's better than most because they actually sort of kind of cared and sort of kind of put something together that was sort of kind of fun, mm-hmm. and it also glorified the film as opposed to making a, bit it a uh, some kind of like a, you know like run around jump game. Yeah. And I know the console versions of this are totally different, totally different, and totally awful. Have, oh, have you played those? I was gonna. I, ask. I
0: think I rented Hook from the old uh, Video Madness, which I think was over at where Dunlap's Gun and Pawn is. Now. Yeah. And
2: you didn't like him. Do you didn't recall like anything it. about him? Horrible. Yeah. You know a couple of little uh, amusing things that I dug up on this, uh, just from a couple of different websites. Uh, the Amiga version of this
0: game, uh, Movie Town, that's what it was, yeah. not Video Madness. Video I, Madness was in Winfield.
2: The Amiga version of this game was had a, a copy protection on it, and it was. They say it was a variant of the Nor, Rob Northern copy lock routine. Now get this: so if this thing failed a second protection check. Uh, it would cause an item that's important to the game it says here a mug to disappear
0: really? and so
2: you couldn't actually go any further without that mug wow. in the game so it was brutal jerk jerk protection yeah so that's always good that's always good for a laugh uh, and it was one it was it made this game uh, initially difficult to crack but for the, I mean, people, they thought they'd cracked it, but then they looked mm-hmm. like jerks. And that did happen in case. I, I ran into some games that I had copies of that they would have handicapped in some way, and you were pretty much screwed. Something else I thought was interesting on this was that the German version uh, didn't translate properly. And so none of the special German characters got translated. You know, like the A with the two dots, the mm-hmm. O with the two dots. The old this. umlaut. So uh, the, any of the dialogue that had those characters in it were, were got screwed up. Mm. So I guess if you have the German version of this, you're SOL. So that's kind of neat. So, and one other thing I found is as a wacky cheat. Uh, if you go to the bait and tackle shop, there's a mug. There's, there's mugs everywhere in this game. But there's a mug next to a candle. If you keep going, I wish I'd known this when I was playing. If you keep repeating the pickup on that space, you get every item in it that you need to beat the game. Really? Wow. According <laughs> to this cheat. So someone should give give that one a shot. I thought that was pretty amusing. Um, I looked this up, see how it did review wise. Boaster. Uh you know something else I was going to mention. This there was the, the uh, this came out of the C sixty four, but not as this. The C sixty four got the platformer version. Uh, kind of weird. The bad version. You think the C sixty four could have pulled off some sort of graphical adventure game like? That? I, think it would could have, it,
0: I mean, it could have, but yeah. I think it would have been hard to port. You would have to rewrite it from the beginning.
2: So. Anyway, Lemon, the people over at Lemon give this a uh, respectable Mm
0: -hmm.
2: 7.32. Amiga Action uh, gave this a 72. Uh, Amiga Format a 48%. They dropped a hammer. Amiga Magazine gave this a 7 out of 10. Amiga Mania, brother, gave this a 78%. Amiga Power, 84%. Uh, Aui gave it 87, C U Amiga gave it a 64, and the one gave it an 84. Those are sort of all over the map between sort of the B, C level down into the F zone. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that, that's weird. You know, I'm sure some of these docked it severely on the on the time it took to finish it because if you're a hardcore hook fan, if you're no, if you're a hardcore graphic adventure person. I mean, real super good at them. You could smoke this game pretty quick, probably. Yeah. And so when you get a game like this and on four discs and you finish it in under an hour, not good. Well, any. okay. But I mean, that's... I, 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 I want to
0: push back a little bit. Okay. Because Monkey Island, you know, if you look at the the, uh, the Let's Plays of Monkey Island, the, the they're Iron long. Dylan, yeah, they're like two and a half hours yeah. long. However, Monkey Island 2, how many discs? I don't know. It was hundreds. T- eleven. <laughs> yeah. Eleven discs. Yeah. So if you think about eleven discs is two and a half hours, four discs at thirty-five minutes, I mean that's that's fair.
2: I was wondering what this got released at a price wise. And I, I, I didn't see any I didn't find the price it readily. Uh but I'm wondering if this was sold for I mean, when you've got a movie game, again, the, having not seen the film, this seems to tell a complete story, but you know, you can make these games as long or as short as you want. So, you know, I, again, I'm not going to kill it for that. And also, again, if you watch these playthroughs, if you're just a schlep like me, it's not, you're not, I, I sat around for two and a half hours laboring to get a, probably a third of the way through. So, but I mean, if you're a real good hand, you could probably get through it pretty quick.
0: I looked this up on eBay, Boat. Just well, before you go oh, on sorry, to the go eBay, we got, we got a couple of uh, user reviews here. All right, here. go ahead. Okay. Whoa. Uh, Chris Fultz says, hook review. At first, I hated it as I hate the film. Then I put in a few more hours in? It's a mild cheddar of the point-and-click world. Sure, it's a cheese, but it's bland, boring, and there's so much better cheese available, so why spend your time playing this? 6 out of 10. Paul, aka Hermsky writes, Point-and-click adventure, comical pirates? Is this deja vu? This game is not a patch on its LucasArts competitors. However, point-and-click adventures are a guilty pleasure of mine, and I do still have an affection for this game. The puzzles and dialogues are quirky and entertaining. The game itself is addictive and hard to put down. On the downside, the commands are limited and having Tinkerbell buzzing around your head all the time can get very annoying.
2: I'm with Hermskill on that seven out of ten. And also I'm, I'm with Hermskill and Tinkerbell. Annoying.
0: it uh, didn't do it for me. No. Uh, that's one thing I would have gotten wrong. Really but listen, out. listen. Here's what I got out of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. You got a hook. Yep. Okay, you got the movie. Okay. The hook brings you back. It does. As it, were, yeah. it does. With the... Remember like, that song? The extremely long harmonica solo. Yeah. Great um, So, the... uh I really thought that, like, okay, for example, okay, you got Rufio, remember yeah. that classic scene where he grabs the hook from Dustin Hoffman? Yeah. And he says the immortal words... Looky, looky, I've got hooky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I used to say that every day when I was growing up. And Those I, are immortal words. I would, I would, I would play hook with my brother. Real. Okay. And like he would pretend like he had a hook, and I would take his finger and twist it off. Yeah. And then I would say, looky, looky, I've got hooky. Did you really do this? And then I would crow because Peter Pan knows how to crow. Do you know how to crow? I don't. <laughs>
1: Very good.
0: Yeah. yeah. You surely this isn't real. You didn't actually play this game
2: in, at your house. No, I never played this okay, game. Thank God. But I'm, I'm, I mean, about I you not have... actual pretending to be hooked. Yeah. Like.
0: Yeah. This you is... had a
2: you had a child you had a childhood that was beautiful, and innocent. It was.
0: Know? It was. And when I watched, did you ever find? Did you ever watch the movie um, Finding Neverland? Oh, Do you no. remember this? No. No, I never watched it. Okay. This is an ex- extremely like sappy retelling of like the uh, the the. Um, J.M. Barry's growing up in rural England in oh, the yeah. early part of it. you know it's great to be an Englishman in 1910. Yeah, King Edward's on the throne. It's the age of men. Yeah. Okay, and um and you know him growing up in in it, like there was like this mean old lady that that like grabbed it, like a clothes hanger and had a hook on it and he was like oh hook Captain Hook. That's where they got the and, idea? Yeah, that's where they got the idea. Who knew? Yeah, and then at the end, everybody what she
2: What if she grabbed a clothespin? Then what would happen? Mm. Then you got problems. You don't wanna know. Um, uh, before we move on, eBay. Believe it or not, this game goes for some bucks. Now, it's all over the map, I'll admit that. In the US, if you wanna get one, 200 US dollar bills. Or best offer. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, so, huh? <laughs> yeah. Then you've got uh in in the UK, of course, you've got everything from seventeen bucks sold to people were selling these for fifty, sixty, seventy, ninety bucks. It was all so over the map. This is
0: an expensive game, is what you're saying. Well,
2: it could be or it could not be, to be completely honest with you. It depends on your uh, uh it depends on your uh ability to buy it at the right time.
1: Mm. You know? Mm. So there you go. Mm.
0: Video time boat. Video time. I don't know what that means.
2: Our videos time.
0: Oh, okay. Um so we did have a lot going on on the old YouTube channel this week. Um probably the thing we should mention mer- first is the arcade tour. You want to talk well, about that? That's
2: the first thing we're going to mention. That's
0: the only thing that was important that happened.
2: Um we you know this is we've released Spin 10 of the Thanksgiving marathon all the way back in in on Thanksgiving. And in this one, we did we we actually shot a little uh, just a little tour of the arcade. It had to be a little tour. It's a little arcade, and we stuck that in there as well. So if you and we also look at games from Micropro specifically one game at Fifteen Strike Eagle, two different versions of it. So, but the
0: best thing is that you give an our ar- a tour of the arcade. That's right.
2: It's a very it's a very small. It's a it's a we get into a lot of stories and stuff. But yeah, our, our arcades are very big. But yeah, we looked over some stuff. So we, we had a good time filming it. You know, we thought it'd be fun to put in there. Yeah. Are you mocking is... our arcade tour? I can't tell. Listen,
0: you. listen. All right. Next up, we've got a one of the first reports from Amiga, Ireland. Wow. I, Ireland's looking rough. <laughs> this was uh, my buddy. His name is Clear Calls. Clear Calls. Wow. Say that again. Clear Koss. Man, that's... Okay, okay. yeah, I he's like f- it. He's from Greece. Oh, okay. Okay, and he's pretty much universally regarded as the world's most light wave 3D master. Believe and i watch this. I like, mean, a lot. Clear Koss yeah. travels around the globe and he derives his income solely from... From doing lightwave three D presentations at various Amiga events, you've got to be joking. This is how he earns. That's got to be This is crap. how he earns his money. You're
2: kidding me. How yeah. many Amiga events would you have to speak at? And so, no?
0: and so, what he does is he takes his logo, yeah, which is Mwabdib. Dib, yeah, okay, and Mwabdib Dib. He takes that and then he morphs it into various things and then he shines light on it because that's the thing. One of the things that I learned by attending this, uh, this seminar is that the rendering time is not so much the 3D, it's when you start adding the lighting effects, the, okay. the, the, the render time. Rally. And the first thing he says is, if you're trying to do this on any kind of regular Amiga, you're out of luck. Just get a PC and fire up an emulator and you're uh-huh. good to go. Okay. I don't remember that part of yeah. him saying that. He basically buries Amiga hardware right remember. away.
2: So he, he, he clearly he doesn't want to continue to earn a career in the Amiga <laughs> convention
0: <laughs> circuit. I think he might be showing for vampires. I'm not sure. You know, when we
2: watched this, a, a room a room pull up. I got to watch some of it, and we and basically the 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 conversation was something along the lines of what, how the heck, what, no, mm-hmm. too hard for whoa, what that?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then
2: we all just gave up and just sat there with our drooling on the monitor.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, Mwabdib does a, f- a fantastic job, yeah. uh, you know, going through, putting people through their paces on the old Lightwave 3D. He's got the skills 3D. on that. Yeah, Absolutely. it's kind of neat to
2: see that. I, I've heard of light wave. I know sort of what it does. But to see a dude actually use it was kind of cool.
0: You want to talk about last week's uh, Iris and Claire that oh, Spectrum podcast? Man, we we went at it, buddy. So, you know, we, we've
2: covered, it seems like I've covered Rainbow Islands a hundred times. It always comes up. It's always connected to other games. It just keeps coming up. I will have it's to like tell a bad you, penny. did you get to try the specy version
0: I have not played the specy version of It
2: this. was solid gold money, brother, uh, in terms of uh, being like It Rainbow looks very Island. good. It looks
0: like you're in Toyland right now. Well,
2: the funny thing about it is, of course, the, the, the you've got the color class issue and the fact that the rainbows are monochrome. It's kind of amusing, but mm-hmm. it plays well. Th- does that mean we're good at it? No. And it was, I will say it was refreshing to be on the show with someone who also doesn't like it because neither one of us were big fans of Rainbow Island's but it was it plays well i can't badmouth it. me play it's very much like the arcade i'll I'll load up the arcade version and played it uh, to compare them you know and hey it, it's good control was good it's just like a lot of spectrum games control was good looks sharp you know you just have to deal with the color issue i had a habit of losing stuff in the color clash but i have that a lot you know uh but um it was it was a good solid uh good solid game.
0: Here's what I like about this episode. First of all, Brent and a tie. Yeah. First time I've ever seen Brit and a tie except as a wedding. Yeah. And you no, guys tie by the way. You guys with your really affecting version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow at the end.
2: Yeah. Well, I you know, mean, I was I was depressed.
0: I'm was, not an emotional man. Yeah. But I teared up a little bit.
2: Yeah. Okay. We're thinking about working the convention circuit with that gig.
0: Yeah. You if and clear costs if, could if, go if out. Clibblob could go yeah. out. I figured
2: many of them shot. and we wouldn't even badmouth the stock Amiga. You know, no, we had a good time. Uh we had a we had a fun time. I, I had to do a lot of work to convert all the graphics and stuff over to my system, but we had a good time doing it. So but yeah, I recommend it. I mean, if you're in the Rainbow Islands, this is your baby right here. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, we also have uh, an interview that I did uh, over on the, on the main stage. What was her name? Hey. She, she was not president of Amiga Ireland, oddly enough. Come on, Ricky. Chime in. Um, we did, uh, I, I got a chance to briefly sit down with the one and only Dave Haney and uh, this yes. thing this thing was beset from the beginning yes, with, with the audio trouble it was reminding me very resplendent of the amigos of show um so uh but we did get a chance to sit down and have a, a chat for around 36 minutes uh we talked about uh dave's early days with the exidy sorcerer i love that yeah. i love
2: that I, and he also mentioned the uh, uh, the chipset from the Counter 16 and so said, we just discussed an ARG. Right. And I actually knew what was going on. I was so proud of myself. I thought about
0: <laughs> throwing in a plug for ARG in there, but <laughs> yes. I, I somehow, uh, you the know, problem, caught off the impulse. What
2: happened here, of course, your audio, but... The problem with this interview is just right, I mean, it was, it, it, you got, I, I bet there's a lot of that stuff, that he doesn't talk about that often, because you went way back, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, this is great, and when he started really getting the Amiga stuff, it was a Yeah. It's was like, burr,
0: burr, yeah. Burr, burr. Well, I had, you know, whenever I interview anybody, in my mind, I had the whole structure in my head. Yeah. And and so, I always, it's a slow burn up to the climax, and I, I was still way, way back. I was 25% of the way where yeah. I wanted to be, did, so. Did
2: they, did, did you know that you were under the gun for time no, like that? No, I had no idea. How did you know, because, I mean, you abruptly interviewed. So, like Erla that.
0: Erla came into my field of view and went oh man and so that was we're gonna it. get into that
2: more during the special yeah, we'll,
0: we'll talk about that yeah. during the Amiga Ireland report I,
2: I also mentioned uh, on me and Brent talked about it, that Dave if, if I had a head of hair like a full head of hair I would be him now that, that's how I would, you I would, do I have, it I would have that mustache he looks what I would look like if I had mm-hmm. hair, so I'm proud of him. I yeah. love that.
0: Yeah, yeah, We're going to try to get with that
2: guy one of these days.
0: Oh, I I, I sent him a message on hey, Facebook. I think he needs some some cool down time. Yeah. He had a much rougher trip than I did. He left Athlone at 2 a.m. to catch a 4 a.m. flight back oh, man. to the States. He's a so. heck
2: of hey, a, he's a, he's a man. Yeah.
0: And finally, Aaron. Last week, you and Brent took on the mantle of the Amigos and and soldiered on without me, much like after I die, you guys will continue on. Look at that, of all the
2: pictures. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You guys covered a game that you know we've done. This was episode 233. We had not done a wrestling game on the Amiga since I believe episode two, which I believe was uh, MicroProse Wrestling.
2: That's it's amazing. We never we never covered European Rampage. No, no. So
0: I was so looking forward to doing WrestleMania. Oh, but at the same time, I was glad you and Brent covered it because you guys definitely are the people that that know wrestling games.
2: Well, Brent doesn't know Jack Squad about wrestling, but. Uh, uh, he knows garbage when he plays it and by God this is garbage it was a real letdown but we, we tried to have as much fun as you could possibly have with this game and I, of course I got to talk about wrestling for a long time to bore all the listeners but I, we had a fun we had fun with it
0: yeah 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 and make sure if you're listening to the last week's episode stay till the end because there's a, there's a great promo that is cut at the very very end
2: <laughs> we were we were screwing around we did that for the live chat which we couldn't have so that was a real bummer <laughs> but that's the way it goes
0: All right, Aaron, as we come to a close here, uh, I do want to thank all the fine folks here on Twitch.tv who have tuned in to watch this live. Pixels at Dawn, wielding the Mod Sword of Doom. Ooh. Yeah, he's here with us. Of course, Edvin, cozily ensconced in the man cave. He's poured himself a brew or two.
2: Cozily ensconced.
0: Yes. Uh, Picard2010 is with us, uh, as always. Uh, we got Ricky DeRocher, go-to, go-sub. Thank you again for that uh, Twitch Prime subscription. And uh, that reminds me, if you are a Twitch or if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber and you would like to support us, uh, you can. You get one free Twitch subscription a month. If you just log into twitch.tv, uh, you can uh, sub to the Amigos Retro Gaming channel and, and help us out. Uh, we've also got... Actually, I think that's it. I mean, it's a kind of a Ricky Druscher, L Curtis, Curtis B. Is here, he a little bit, yeah. What up, Curtis? But uh, but yeah, kind of a thin thin chat as we come back after a couple of weeks off. I understand, guys. But uh, yeah, feel free to watch us live every Friday night around five thirty Eastern time. Uh, we'd love to have you over at twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming, and it's been. It seems like it's been forever, Aaron. Um, our last Patreon song challenge, which I believe was like three weeks oh, ago. Oh gosh, I can have no idea. So uh, we only had one winner, and it was Edvin Helen.
2: Oh wait a minute, it was Edvin. Who's the? Isn't there someone that almost
0: perennially wins and then gives us little facts about yeah, the song? Yeah, Billy. Oh my gosh, he's not. Is he? He's not in here tonight, is he? Yeah, and is so pa- it's Pack in here. Pac is not in here. He did not get this one. Edwin sent me a message because our internet went down, and his subject line was "What's going on." I can only uh, assume that he meant to answer the uh, Patreon song, which actually happened after he sent that message, which was Marvin Gaye, "What's Going On." Was it? It was.
2: That's amazing. Yeah. Good job, Edwin. So you're Edvin, some kind of weird savant.
0: He is. He's a very savantish savant. All right. So. We come to this week's Patreon song challenge.
2: I hope this song's more upbeat than that one. And peppy. You don't you don't like uh you do I'm just saying. Okay. It looks like it, it sounds like you're slowly melting, and the reason I mentioned that. Because if you so if we're gonna go to a love ballad, I'm gonna go out for a pizza. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> All right. So if you know the answer to this week's Patreon song challenge, feel free to send me an email at John. At AmigosPodcast.com. You sound like one
2: of those midnight DJs. I am a midnight it's DJ. One thirty three a.m. here on the,
0: on the Judge. Did you ever listen to Delilah? Ooh, Delilah. That song? No. Oh. Delilah. She was on V100, like late nights. Listen, I don't know. They're
2: all the same, man.
0: Are they? I was in the biz. I've met all these people. They're really? all the same. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe you can introduce me when we go up to chords. Listen, you need to get somewhere first. Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorg, Zorglove, Iron Wolf, Bjorg, Ben Gooden, and Terry Howard. Reflection, Simon Ledge, Kevin Crispy, Kilobytes, and Caffeine. Mike W. Decker, Three Point, Gary, Heather, Free, Lunch, Gate, Fox, David, Pick for Cameron and Armstrong, Andrew Jones, Lobster Minator, Ten Minute, and Amiga Retro, Retro Cask, Verdant, Quit, Retro, Man Cave, Dream, Drew, Simon Rose,
1: Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, Robert O'Hara, Howard, Nibs. Matthew Heller, Moore, and Craig, Shine So Colin 419, Barkbid Roland Burke, Andrew Monk's Joe the Zombie. Joe Cook, Leaf, Kellon, Alan Kabob, Jack Coat, A Level Lord, John
0: Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Ricky the De, Keepy Dead Boy, Pinky CTZ, The Slow Noise, Stefan Sorgon sent Edwin Helen, Blender 75, Christopher Hassel,
1: Ravi Abercriss, Folds, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Ram W. Febke, Lane Denson, out Batters Battersby, O'Brien's oh, returning vintage, Gary Hucker C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Doug Kassels, Tate from the Crib, Jostin and Bradley, Jodis Rouleau, T h G Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Hunter, Sad Ken Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Cole, Jason Warrens, Pixels of Dawn, and Kjolbjorn
2: Barman. That was just that was that was low down. That's bad. how
0: I break it down. That you broke it down. You broke yeah. me down yeah. mentally. Yeah. Aaron, next week we're gonna be playing this. No, a, this don't talk about that. This next is a, week. this is a game that's dear and dear to This so, is named after you. Naughty ones. Yeah. yeah. Naughty ones. It's about people that grew up in the early two thousands. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It's not. Well, it could be. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> give me mm-hmm. a break alright so thank you all so much for listening <laughs> it was demite yourself hey that's, that's how I do it no. call, that's a, call me Eric Clapton no um, we that's will an se- insult
2: Eric Clapton in a
0: huge way <laughs> we'll see you guys next week and until then adios yeah.